title of the message is simply children of the light. You know, before we came to Christ, we were actually children of the darkness. There was one place that Jesus called Judas the son of petition, which was the son of the devil. Now, that, that's getting pretty low. When Jesus calls you a son of the devil. But you know, the sad thing is we were all sons and daughters of the devil till we came to Jesus. Matter of fact, the Bible says we were enemies of God before we came to Christ. But God so loved us, he sent Christ. And the Bible says that before we ever loved him, he first loved us. We could not have loved him if he had not given us the opportunity to love him. He loved us first. In Ephesians 5.8, in the word of our God, it says, for you were once darkness. Notice that. It didn't say you once walked in darkness. It says you were darkness. If we're not in the light, we are living the darkness. We are the darkness. We're enhancing the darkness through the way we live, what we say, our conduct, our behavior. You know, when I tell you, don't just read your Bible. Read your Bible. That means meditate, study. There's so many words in there. Study's one thing. Meditate's another thing. You know, the Bible says rightly divide the word of truth. Don't just read it like you'd read a novel. Read it with the intent when you sit down. Say, Holy Spirit of God who dwells within me, my teacher, help me understand what the word is saying to me. What it means to me. Not just a scripture, but every word. Because just as he said with the, the bread. He said when you take this bread. When you take this cup. Which means it is sanctified and it is set apart. You don't just get bread off the table and take communion. You pray over it and you set it apart. To remember the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And when he says you were once darkness. Doesn't mean you just lived in darkness. It means we were darkness. Our life had no light in it at all. But praise God, the scripture gets better. But now, you are light. Notice it didn't say in the light. It says you are light. But notice why. Because you are in Christ. Hallelujah. My God, I could have myself a running spell this morning. I've just run a couple laps today. You were once in darkness. You were once darkness. He says, but now you are light. Why? Because we're in a relationship. We're in Christ. Christ is in us. We're in the Father. We're one. He says, therefore, walk, which means live. Walk, which means live as children of light. Children of light. Verse 9 says, for the fruit, which means the byproduct, the manifestation to being made real, being able to see what the Spirit is doing, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So we find the Spirit showing us goodness, righteousness, and truth. We're to live as children of the light, how in Jesus Christ. Now, when we were born again, by receiving God's gift of salvation through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the Bible says we became a what? A new creation, a new creature. We have gone from just the human body with a spirit. Now we are spiritual beings with a body. And the reason for the body is to carry us to do the work of the kingdom, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, to teach the word, to edify, to build up and equip the body of Christ to do the work of Christ. 
We're in the kingdom. We've been called out. We've been separated. We've been sanctified and set apart, especially for a time such as this. We're no longer children in darkness, praise God, enslaved by sin. Those chains, thank God, have been broken. But we are now children of Almighty God. Therefore, we're children of the light, capital L, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the light of the world, revealing the sin of the world, and at the same time revealing God's mercy and God's grace and God's forgiveness and a lot of other things. My friends, we're not the light. We're simply reflections of the light. Jesus is the light of the world, and we are reflections of that light. He is in us, and we allow him to, to be shown. There is a word that is called Christo, which means a mini version of Christ. We are Christ together, but I'm a mini Christ. I'm a Christo. I'm one part of the body. You're a part of the body. And when you take a lot of matches and put them together, a lot of candles and put them together, I've seen them do this in Colosseums when people would lift, lift up their cell phone. One person... and. One light will do it. You see, one next thing you know, they light the whole place up. Because every one of us matter. Every one of us makes a difference. Every one of us has a light to reflect through Jesus Christ. No one is any more important than anyone else. We're reflections of the light of Christ, shining forth God's love, His word, His will, His purposes, and His plans. And as Pop said, if you want to know what your purpose is, here it is. It's to know the Father and the Son and to make them known. Whatever He sends you to do, now if you're in an occupation that you know this pleases God, go get another one. But if you're in one that does not matter, that's your ministry field. That's, your, that's where you do your work at. That's where you make the Father and the Son known. People always say, well, I've got to have a ministry. Your ministry is to know the Father and the Son and make them known. Wherever you go, Satan is continually trying to dim out our light, tempting us to disobey God, just like Adam and Eve did. Now, we've all been there. I, I've been, especially in theaters, you go in, and it's kind of lit up, and then next thing you know, the lights have dimmed down, and your eyes have adjusted to everything. You ever notice how that happens? Sometimes you walk in a restaurant and wonder if you're going to be able to see the food. And then the next thing you know, if you sit there long enough, your eyes begin, your pupils uh, dilate or whatever that's called, and you begin to see in the darkness a little bit better. Have you ever been in the darkness, somebody turn on a light and it just, whoo! Think about this. We're not careful. And I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I'm just mentioning as a whole. If we're not careful, our church services become concerts. And if we're not careful, our sermons become motivational speeches. What's the difference? The anointing. The anointing. What is the anointing? It's the power and presence of God in the life of the believer, flowing through the Holy Spirit of God, which is the Spirit of the Father and the Son. I've been in a lot of churches that carried on a good concert, but there was no power there because they were not flowing in the Spirit. They were doing what they could do. Thank God this morning what you heard I know is anointed. They prayed about it. They practiced. They went over it. They gave it to God. It couldn't help but be anointed. 
You know how many times I've prayed over this message today. I know this message is going to make a difference. It's not a motivational speech to encourage you and challenge you. It will in the Spirit, but it's determined to impact your life in a way that draws you closer to God. You know, every church has to do what they need to do. Every pastor needs to do what they need to do. But sometimes when I go in and everything's a pitch black, you can't see anything, you can't see anybody. And then I watch people perform. My friends, pray, pray that God will open our eyes. That we won't get accustomed to the darkness. I just like things bright. Maybe that's just me. I like things bright. My wife use, uses frosted buds in the house. If I had my way, there'd be a clear bud in every place. We'd be brighter than the outside. I like it bright. I think God's churches ought to be brighter sometimes also. Not just with the physical light, but with the light of Jesus Christ. Am I wrong in saying that many Christians, and I have been down this road, have become accustomed to the darkness? Come on now. Have we become accustomed to the darkness? My friends, either we're light of the kingdom or we're light of the world. Not light of the world, but we're world of darkness. So let me read that again, make sure I got that right. We are either the kingdom of light or we're the world of darkness. We're either the kingdom, God's kingdom of light, Jesus reflecting through us, or we're living just like the world and we're still in darkness. So let me ask you, how do you know if you're in darkness? How do you know if you've compromised the truth? How do you know if you're not living up to the standard of the Word of God, the principles of the Word of God, the, the manners of the Word of God? How do you know? There's some things I want to ask you right quick. And only you, I'm going to ask the Spirit to touch your heart. I believe conviction is a good thing. I, I love to be challenged by ministers and preachers and evangelists and, and prophets. I love to be challenged to go further, to go higher, to go deeper. And sometimes all they got to do is ask one question and make me really look at myself. So let me ask you some questions right quick. And maybe this will show you, have you become accustomed to the darkness? Have you allowed yourself, your eyes to adjust back to the darkness instead of the light? A few questions. What are you watching? What are you allowing your eyes to see? What videos? What movies? What television shows? What reality shows? What are we watching? You know, I remember preachers used to preach on this a lot, but people get upset. Who are you to tell me what I can and can't watch? I'm not telling you what you can and can't watch. I'm telling you there's a Holy Spirit who will tell you. I'm telling you there's a word of God that sets a standard in our life on what we should allow to come into the temple of the Holy Spirit of God, of the Almighty God. This is His temple. We're a new creation. We have a responsibility for what we let come in. What are we watching? Well, I can watch anything. No, you can't. You can, but you'll be wrong. You'll be wrong. We don't like to be told that we're wrong. I do, so I can get it right. I can promise you every time the Holy Spirit speaks to me, it's not to pat me on the back for the great things I'm doing. I wish He would. Every now and then He says, Son, you've done a good job. But every now and then He says, Hey, <laughs> what are you doing? What, what, what? Turn that off. You don't need to. What are you doing? You know what the Word says. Kim and I love to watch some really good westerns. We really do. I know Pop and others do. I, and hey, John Wayne, can't beat it. 
But you know, we have learned something. We have an app that Kim goes to from time to time that tells you what's on every program, what's on every movie. If, if you can't find it in that app, you don't need to watch it anyway. But it tells you everything that is in every movie. But we have learned something about Westerns. You can't watch a Western past 1967 to 68 or 69. Westerns prior to that time did not have any profanity in them at all. But by 1970, man, they were cussing up a storm. I'm not going to listen to it. You say, well, Brother Mills, you're, you're just trying to be holy. You got that right. You got that right. I'm trying to be holy. I'm trying to be pure. I want to be like Jesus. I don't want that stuff in my mind. I want the word of God in my mind. I want to be pure in his presence. And I have a responsibility. And I, through the spirit, can do it if I want to. What are we watching? What movies? What TV show? You know, I don't have to name a list for you. No more than you have to name one for me. If it's got profanity, if it's got nudity, if it's got all of that, we don't need to watch it. Let me help some people today. This, now, this is very valuable. Don't miss this. When you go to a movie and it's rated R, that is not for religious. Okay? Do you get it? It means restricted. They've already told you it's restricted. They've already told you what's in it. There's sometimes you can't even watch a PG now. I'm amazed at how far it's come, but let's move on. What are you listening to? What kind of music are you listening to? What podcast are you listening to? What news are you listening to? It's going to tell you if you're in the darkness. It's going to tell you where you're at today. What are we reading? What books are we reading? What articles? What magazines? And don't get me wrong, I like to read good Christian fiction and stuff like that from time to time. But we know what is good, what is, what is right, what is holy, what is pure. We know the Spirit tells us. We know. Where are we going? What places are we attending? Where are we going? I only have one thing to say about that. Would Jesus go where you're going other than the minister? If God sends you to a bar, you better go in there with your Bible and get up on the table and preach salvation. Because other than that, you don't have any business in there. Well, I just want to fellowship with all my friends. I'll deal with that in just a minute. I'll deal with that. God tells us to be careful who our friends are. If we're not ministering to people to win them to Christ, God tells us to stay away because they will influence us. I can't tell you the times. That I have seen people get married of different beliefs. And every time one or the other will say, well, I'm going to convert them over to mine. Or I'm going to bring that sinner into Christ after I marry them. And the next thing you know, that person's not in church anymore. They don't have a relationship with God anymore. Why? Because they yoked up with the wrong people. And the Bible tells us that. We don't want to be rude. I'm not telling you to be rude. I'm not telling you to be snobbish. I'm not telling you that you can't hang out with people, but your intent to hang out with anybody should be help them either grow in the Lord or come to know the Lord. That's what the Bible tells us. What are we wearing? Does what we wear glorify God? Sadly, too many have been desensitized by the enemy. I've seen this happen over the last 30, 40 years. Things that we used to say were sin. We don't say that anymore. Well, that's not really a sin. I thought that was a sin, but that's not really a sin. 
My friends, the Bible tells us what sin is. Anything that's disobedient to the Word of God, the Spirit of God. And it doesn't take long to figure that out. John Hagee said this once. I wish I'd have said it, but John Hagee said it. He said, with God's light, we see that bold-minded tolerance is really peaceful coexistence with evil. Listen to that again. We see with God's light that bold-minded tolerance, what we call tolerance, is really a peaceful coexistence with evil. He went on to say this, and compromise is the crucifixion of conscience. Anytime we tolerate what we know is not the will of God, anytime we compromise what we know the Word says, we are crucifying our conscience. In 1 Corinthians 6, 14 and 15, it says this, do not be, here it is, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Doesn't mean you can't talk to them. Doesn't mean you can't commune with them. It says don't yoke up with them. Don't commit to them. Don't commit to live like they live. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness or unrighteousness? He goes on to say, and what communion, listen, has light with darkness? Fifteen, he says, and what accord has Christ with Baal, which means worldly gods? Anything that you worship that's not Christ and God is Balaam. Baal was not just one God in Israel. Baal represents any God that is not God, Jehovah, and His Son, Jesus. You, your spouse, your car, your home, your money can all become a Baal to you. Wow. You know, I've been alive for, I think, 58 years now. And for 58 years, there's something that's happened every day of my life. It ain't never changed. And I got a feeling if I were to live 50 more years, it's never going to change. The sun goes down and the darkness creeps in every afternoon. But the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. And daily he loadeth us with benefits. As long as the earth remains... It's going to be a sunrise. And when that light comes in, that darkness has to go out. My friends, darkness does not overtake the light. The light overtakes the darkness. I don't believe in opposites in the spirit realm. I don't believe it. I can't find it. I preached it and I've been wrong for saying it. When I say that fear is the opposite of faith, that is not right. Hatred is not the opposite of love because you give it equal power. So what is fear? It is not the opposite of faith. It's the absence of faith. If you don't have faith, you'll have fear. If you don't have love, you'll have hate. It is not the opposite because you're giving the same power but on a different realm. And nothing Satan has will ever compare with what God has given. And I can promise you, darkness is not the opposite of light. It's the absence of light. 
Whenever we don't allow the light to shine in us, darkness takes its place. We're to be a friend to this world to a level to influence them only. But the Bible says if we're a friend to hang out with them, to fellowship with them, to be one with them, the Bible says then we become an enemy of God. I didn't say it. God said it. He said in John, I believe it was, if you're a friend to the world, you're an enemy of God. Matter of fact, we were all enemies of God before we came to Christ. We have a responsibility to show the world who Jesus is, but not to live as the world lives on any level. We're to be a witness for Christ and not a friend to the world. In John 8, 12, Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to live in the light. If you're going to follow me, you will live in the light of his glory, his power, and his presence. As with the talents that we find in Matthew 25, 14 through 30, notice God gives to every person a measure of faith, a measure of ability, and a measure of gifting to every person. He gave to one man five talents. He gave to another man two talents. Why? In accordance to their ability. He gave one man one talent who did nothing with it and it was taken from him and given to the one that had five who had increased it to ten. Which means if we don't use our gifts, God will give them to somebody else. But regardless to our level of influence, regardless to what God has given us faith to do, ability to do, or gifting to do, the question is, are we shining to the fullest of the ability that's been put in us? Because it's not the amount of light, it's whether you're shining that light. You might not have the talent somebody else has got, but you're still shining bright if you're doing with what God's given you. I wish I could sing like these folks sing. My brother messes on me sometimes. He said, when are they going to let you get in there and sing? I said, when, when they want it to mess, get messed up. I know what I'm called to do. I know they were anointed to do what they do, but I'm anointed to do what I do. Kim's anointed to do what she does. We're all gifted. And the question is, are we using our gifting, our talents, and our faith to the maximum for Jesus Christ? God has a great investment in each and every one of us by His Son Jesus, by His Spirit, and by the Word. But I want to ask you some things real quick in closing. Has this time of quarantine caused you to grow brighter or darker? Since we've had to stay away from each other, social distancing, since we've had to be at home more, there's some things that should have happened. God has given us a great opportunity in the midst of this. Our families should have grown closer together. You know, I'm amazed. I, I know more about Mariana now than I did when she first moved here with Luke. I still can't speak any Spanish. And if I do, it have such a bad slang on it, you wouldn't understand it. But I know more about her now. Why? Because we have spent more time together. Your family should have gotten closer. But... I really believe we should have grown closer to God in this time. We've had more time. We've been quarantined. We've been isolated. This was a great time to be still and know that He is God. What have we done with it? It's going to be over in a few weeks. I promise you the Word of God. It's going to be over. God is going to put it down. Yes. 
I believe it with all my heart. What have we done with it? Have we grown in our faith or have we grown in fear? Have we grown in determination to be what He's called us to be or have we grown in doubt? Have we grown in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding or worry? In this time that we should have been shining for Him, what did we do with it? Have we fully taken advantage of the secret place and the covering of the Almighty God in this time? Have we filled up on His Word? Or have we filled up on the news of the world? Wow. How many times, I I just want to ask the folks this today, please hear me, I'm not picking on anybody, I just want you to think. How many times did you Google God's scriptures on His promises, His provision, and His protection? Versus the amount of times you Googled COVID-19 and the effects and the people it was touching and what people were saying. Now let me ask you again. Now if, if this convicts us, we might need to do something about it. How many times have we Googled? I'm constantly Googling God's Word to find things that, 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 that apply to my life. And constantly, I want to. I want to know everything I can know. But how many times have we Googled Scriptures about His promises in this situation, His provision in this situation, His protection in this situation, versus the situation itself? There's some people listening today. You can tell me everything there is to know about COVID-19, but you can't tell me one more promise that God gave you about it. And I pray today you'll get in the Word of God. You know, I I don't know about you. I'm like David. I love the chastening of the Lord. Why? Because God's getting ready to take me to a new level. Every time God convicts me of something, it's because He loves me so much, He wants to take me to a new level. It's a good thing that we get convicted. It's a good thing that we repent before the Lord because we can go to a new level with Him. He's inviting us to make a change that's going to promote us. And I hope today that this message has challenged you to go to a new level. To be a light for Jesus Christ. You know, Jensen Franklin said something I think is very important. Powerful word. Here's what he said. I love Jensen Franklin. He said that his major concern, and I see this, is that the virus would pass by without many coming to know Jesus as their Savior. COVID-19 has given the fallen world another chance to call out to God in this time and be saved from their sins. God takes what is evil and He makes good out of it. In the midst of it, God said, I got you. This has been a splendid opportunity for the world to call out to God and repent of their sins and be saved and have a relationship with God. It's also been a great opportunity for the church to show the love of Jesus Christ. You know, in this time that we have left before we get back to the norm, I pray that you will make a priority today out of reading God's Word, studying the Word, meditating on the Word, and applying the Word. I pray that you will pray for others and not just yourself. Pray for our president. Pray for those that are on the front line. Pray for the first responders. Pray and fellowship with God.
Minister through your social network any way that you can. Send a card, make a call, do whatever you need to do. Be led by the Spirit. Be the minister, be the light. I want to show you something in closing. Too many churches and too many Christians look like this. Just a little flashlight. They look like this. But get ready. This is what God wants you to look like. Big difference. I don't want to be this. I want to be this. I want to shine so brightly. Did you notice the screen lost everything and all you could see was the light? You couldn't see me anymore. You could only see the light. As long as I held this sort of thing, you could still see me. I don't want to be seen at all. I just want people to see Jesus. We're called to be the light of the world because of Him. A reflection of Him. I pray today if you don't know Jesus, invite Him into your heart right now. Just say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I accept your gift of Jesus Christ on that cross. I give my life to you. I repent of my sins and I believe you raised him from the dead. And because of that, I have the power to live the way you want me to live. A simple prayer just like that today. The Bible says, call out upon the name of the Lord. Call him Lord and you shall be saved. Father, I love you today. Lord, take now. Let us get back into worship. Lord, I pray this word has touched us today. That we will be children of the light. That we will go forth and shine in this dark time and push out the darkness that we can bring others into the kingdom of God. Our friends, our neighbor, our family, that we can be so bright that they don't see us. All they see is Jesus. I don't want to be that little light. I want to be a reflection of the powerful light of Jesus Christ through His Word and through the Holy Spirit to reach my world. You love the world, Father, enough you sent Him. I pray we love the world enough to go help them know Jesus. That is your heart's desire. That should be ours as well. God bless those that have watched this, this uh, program today. Lord, take us back into worship now and let us, as we examine our heart, let us worship you. Let us do whatever we need to do. Whatever decisions we need to make, let us do it right now in our time of worship. And all God's people said, 